What up, what up? It's Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time, which means it is time for Lowell's Live, the DFS show. You didn't know you knew you needed, but now you know. As always, we are sponsored by the number one pharmaceutical stock in the land, KTOV. Make sure you check it out, doing some great things over there in the stock market. I'm joined right now by my co-host, Brick75, a.k.a. Brian Hooper. How are we doing? Fantastic. Uh, I'm, I think our YouTube is live. Um, I'm not 100% positive, though. Okay. If you are in the YouTube on Brian's uh, channel, please do a comment in here. Oh, I forgot. I can't see the comments. So I need yeah. to pull that up. Yeah, let me uh, ask. Um, but we have a good show for you guys tonight. We are going to run through some questions that Brian, uh, has received on Twitter. I was pretty offended that you guys weren't personally interested in my game theory thoughts, but that's fine. Brian can answer some questions. Then of course, we are going to talk about the PGA slate this week. Uh, Brian and I have run our lineups. We'll compare some exposures. We will bat off questions in the chat asking us uh, if we're going to have 100% Brooks Kepka. except there's no Brooks Kepka this week, is there, Brian? No, he's still going to answer the question, I imagine, but no. That's not yeah, we got to play the hits. And then, yeah, we'll finish up, as always, making a lineup. Um, a few uh, little uh, updates on last week. Was that just last week that we had RBX88 on? Yeah. Yes, it was. Does it, yeah, yeah. It looks like we've lived a lifetime since COVID then. time is changes everything. So uh, you know, our lineup that we built with RBX 88, we were trying to get some of his runoff run good, didn't work. Uh lineup flopped pretty good. But Brian, you had a little update. Did uh did RBX eighty eight settle your Joaquin Neiman bet? Uh he's he doesn't have any money on PayPal, so he's getting money on there. Oh God, Mr. I'm sure. <laughs> he saw my tweet. He saw my tweet when I joked about him though. Uh about him being the lucky bastard, as he called me a lucky bastard. I like that he has these moles out there for him that just scrape Twitter trying to find information about him. Yeah, why not just make a Twitter account? Uh, um, okay, I got the YouTube chat pulled up now. So uh, I, I apologize. I think last week I forgot to pull it up. I thought my system was going to pull it in and I forgot it doesn't. So let me check in on the Brian Hooper chat, guys. Uh, yeah, we're talking stocks, KTOV. It's going to the fucking moon. Um, <laughs> can you see me waving at you? Yeah, someone would say Kefka. What's the DFS equivalent of KTOV? Uh, Brian. Wow. What a question. How about um, I saw someone do like a Michael Jordan if you played DFS and like convert the points to DK points during his prime. And he averaged like 98 DK points. Something <laughs> I, like that, I guess. I'll, I'll give you the true answer. The The DFS equivalent of KTOV is selling lineups. Uh, if you've ever bought a lineup from someone in a DM, then you, sir, have enjoyed the KTOV of DFS. I, I, uh, I told you, I, I DM'd you, I said, I check KTOV uh, stock more than my own at this point, and I don't even have any. It's yeah, uh, it's down 20% today, though. Huh? It, it sounds like you've been doing your DD, bro. My DD, yeah. You got to yeah. do a DD before you, you know, invest any money. I still am not sure if that means deep dive, due diligence. There was another one even. Um, who I'm going to go with deep dive. I think that's... I mean, 
it could be any. I'm not saying that's for sure, but if I had to put my money on it, I think I'd go a deep dive. Um, Percy Miracle says, you're not the top-ranked LOL player in the world. Um, at one point, I was. And, you know, when you are at the top, you have a target on your back. People yeah. come after you. They gun for you. They build lineups to exploit you, sacrificing their own EV. And that's what happened, wouldn't you say, Brian, when I was dethroned? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And technically, there's no LOL player rankings because they're hum lumped in with esports. So he still might be LOL uh, number one ranked player. No one really, no one really knows or can prove otherwise. It's true. It's true. That is, yeah, one of the big flaws uh, with the Roto Grinders rankings. I actually heard that they didn't want to splice it out because they were afraid it would be, it would make me too powerful if people saw what my actual LOL ranking was. That's true. Yeah. And then you demand more money from them, you know, causes all sorts of problems. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Kepka in the chat says it's due diligence. Having had a Robin hood account for two months, I should know, man, <laughs> there are, uh, every, oh, everyone, due diligence? he says it's due diligence. We, that's what everyone's confirming here. Okay. All right. I, I think what happened here, Brian, is you didn't do your DD on what DD means. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> He had another one where it looked like deep dive was definitely the answer. He's had a few of them out there. I'm like, that's a deep dive. That's not deep diligence. And he's putting up all this information. It's a 20, you know, 20 thread tweet. Like that's a deep dive. So I've obviously been following um, this situation very closely. And, and one thing that has transpired is he was labeling himself as a day trader, but he recently updated the bio. He is now a stock trader, parentheses, not a financial advisor. So, um, you know, look, I've pivoted a lot. I've been an XFL thought leader. I've been an esports thought leader. So I don't blame Randone for pivoting. And I do think it's good to do his DD and make sure he doesn't get sued um or any somebody might have done their own dd and told him that it's illegal to <laughs> not be a financial advisor um accredited and give out stock tips i believe i think probably everywhere but i'm i'm pretty positive in illinois you can't just do that um eric johnson in the chat asked when sports come back in a month are you guys still going to play lol i mean some would reject the premise of that question saying league of legends is the ultimate sport of all and it's never left us brian um do you reject the premise fully or do you care to answer i i'll do both i reject the premise <laughs> but also if the prize pools are high enough yeah i mean you gotta remember pre-covid they were like 10k gpps like 20k gpps whatever it's not worth your time, especially if you got to wake up for those those Korean lineups at three in the morning. Yeah, what was uh, I saw? Osimo was taught. He had a tweet about he had gotten up early for. Was that for a League of Legends slate? And the news came out after. I don't know. There was a guy who was uh, projected to start at support. Uh, I think for T one, and didn't end up starting. But that was post lock. Yeah, I think the first two games were all all gravy. My brain is turning into mush because we were talking stocks, and then you said T one, and I read it as Q one, and I'm just like, my brain is just falling apart right now. <laughs> um, but one thing that is interesting, we are starting to get some news here about these NBA slates. Um, you know, this show started on the final night, the last time we saw NBA action. I feel like that's going to really bring us full circle. Isn't this how we get through the looking glass of COVID is once NBA comes back, it kind of ends the COVID era of this show. Yeah, unless there is a 
rebound. Hopefully there's not, right? But uh, it's it, it, the, the only concern I have, and I don't want to jinx this, so I'll knock on wood here, is uh, in Florida, like the numbers are going up, and where are all the sports going? Florida, right? right? True. And you don't want like some panic to uh, – to take you know to take hold and then they just don't do it so either that or if it gets worse somehow and then 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 it's oh then you know then we're right back to square one here but hopefully that is that's how we started and hopefully that'll be the end of the the virus era here on the lulls that's right we have to we have to vanquish those demons and then we can move on i mean that was my big debut i remember coming on that show i was like haven't been playing NBA DFS. This is the night we're doing the show. I'll make a few lineups. I'll be ready to sweat it. And then Rudy Gobert happened. My NBA DFS career lasted about three hours. I remember that. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to make a lineup for the show. This is going to be awesome. I think Alex Baker binked that night too. Cause they, oh, paid I- it, they paid it out. It was one of their arbitrary decisions to pay out before they didn't even know if there's going to be another game. Um, I'm pretty sure he, he binked with two games being canceled. The, the lucky him RBX Jr. We should call him. Just kidding. Just kidding. Did you play? Did you play the LOL slate last night? Wasn't there a hundred K up top? Yeah, I took third and not that one, not the hundred K one in the fifty K and barely won any money. So wow. So yeah, give us a cause I, I haven't been in those LOL streets. I know it's blasphemous. Um, what is the state of LOL DFS play right now? I think it's – I haven't been catching the morning actual, like, LPL sh- um, streams just a little bit. Uh, so I'm not up to date on exactly what's going on in the league. But, like, in terms of DFS, like, I don't play the two two gamers really at this point. I might, like, if there's absolutely nothing going on. But, like, uh, the four gamers are pretty solid. Like, it's not just a – four is, like, kind of the, the minimum I think you want. As uh, you know, they stay away from just dupe town, which it just ru- kind of ruins the whole GPP setup. So um, it's is it, it's basically we're the same thing when you were playing, except they were like five gamers usually back then. Yeah. I don't know why this year they're doing four, but it's basically the same the same as it was before. It's in terms of DFS. What are there? Um, because I saw whoever I just saw the screenshot of the big hundred k, and it seemed like it was a solo ship up top. Was it was that a a four two one build? Do you know? I was it. It was a solo. It was the same lineup I had in the one fifty. Um, wait, uh, you weren't in that one? No, I didn't max it, and um, and it doesn't matter. I don't. You can't put one hundred fifty in there, even if you did. Oh, gotcha. I don't know what number the lineup that was for me. Yeah. But it was the exact same lineup. Um, and it was, I think it was a 4-3. Okay. And wow. say it was a 4-3, but maybe it wasn't. I was going to say, it seems like it's hard to to solo ship with a 4-3. There was, there was, an, uh, there was like an upset or two. So, Sooning one, I think they were in a, a dog, pretty big dog. Yeah. Um, but the, also, you got to remember that the 100K one only had like 500 entries. Yeah. Where the the fifty k one has whatever fifteen thousand, yeah. Um. All right. We um. Brian solicited on Twitter uh some questions. Um. So we are gonna go through some of those. We'll see where these take us. Um. 
you know, the first one right off the top right there, uh, did you see the the Chris Randone DFS best sports list? You were you were a huge snub. That's right. Yeah, that hurt. Uh, I don't I, want, I wonder how many KTOV posts I have to scroll through to find the DFS post. <laughs> this could take the whole show for you. Here we go. He's just doing DDs all over the place. It appears he didn't do his DD on this list though, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> what uh what hey jake jake's on there J- shout out to jake hari making the randone list everyone wow. right now jake hari no. you know jake hari if you um you know you should get like you know when all the ftn guys get their announcement um on twitter and it's like you know top 120 ranked you know mma player jake hari yours should say number one NHL DFS player, according to Chris Randone. I mean, that's the lead in Jake yeah. Hari's resume. Former day trader, current not financial advisor, Chris Randone, name number one. Uh, I, I want to point out a couple a couple things here. So <laughs> the bottom here, Cash, he's got uh, – what's Hoop screen name? Hoop, hoop like whatever, some numbers. Yeah. He's at Run Pure now, right? Cash – who high stakes empire like aren't those two things kind of contradictory or black like one of those because if you're if you're high stakes cash the best one wouldn't you just be the best cash player yeah i think based on the trajectory he's going with these i think he should have gotten even more granular like high stakes three max mid stakes single entry you know to just really kind of give everyone their due okay um Um, PGA's tough, he says. He did end up giving the crown to, um, I believe, uh, Notorious. Yeah. So I think he, I think he backed off of the tough. He did make a decision, but, um, you know, the internet is written in ink, and this list will forever stand. And you know, I guess my question still does stand here, Brian. Will you be playing DFS with a chip on your shoulder going forward? Yeah, and now I have something to prove. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay, let's go to some of these questions here. Um, we do have our number one Brooks stand, which, by the way, very glad that you updated um, your uh, Twitter handle to reflect to reflect that. He says, "With sports as hectic pre-lock as NBA, how can we get better at quickly analyzing our crunches to ensure they meet the high requirements that the number seven ranked NBA DFS player requires? Is it even possible to do so?" without having an automated process within your own model. Okay. Let me, let me go. I can't read it off of the uh, screen. So let me go right oh, to here. Is, is that better? No, no, you can leave it. I'll just go to my Twitter. Gotcha. Um, which, who is the guy who, who wrote that one? That's our Brooks guy. Okay. You did skip over a, a couple, I think, but all right, we'll, maybe we'll go back to those. Um, yeah. So NBA is, is the real, is the real problem here because MLB is, you know, it's a pain in the, it's a pain in the ass when, when like a player like the Houston Astros last year would not release their lineup, even though they had like an eight o'clock game time um, until after lock, like 20% of the time it, it seemed like it's not the end of the world in baseball. Um, Cause a lot of times you can just swap, swap some guys out one for one. And it's not like, it's not like if, one baseball player sits, then they're going to get a ton of usage like they do in the NBA. So it's not, 
as big a deal. So I would do my ba- – this is what I do. What I will do is uh, baseball first, and then the last half an hour, 40 minutes, I'll just solely focus on NBA. And um, unless something like breaking comes out and there's a, a, a lull in the NBA news where I can just – I have lineups in there that I'm happy with unless something happens, then I'll go back to MLB. But I, I'll really just concentrate on uh, on NBA. And there could be some weather news that you're going to have to look into for the MLB. So, like, you might just want – if it, I mean, if you're really going, going at it, playing all the slates and 150 lineups and both sports, you might just want to X out any weather concern games at all. And so you don't have to worry during during lock. And you could, if they're post lock games, you could theoretically go back and recrunch or put some lineups of those games in if you want too. So in baseball, um, now like okay, how can we get better quickly in, analyzing it? Okay, so there's two ways to do it. The NBA is so hard though. Like so, you might just you might just have to crunch, copy and paste. And enter, and that might be enough a lot of the times because if you could do it fast enough, like let's say someone gets ruled out with like four minutes left, if you could recrunch and it's someone important, recrunch something usable quickly, and get it in there without any adjustments at all, like you're going to be ahead of the field because no one else, not many people are doing that. Uh, I was going to say the same thing. That's what I would do for the the i racing. We've talked about that before. We had those those starting places come out with 10 minutes before I don't have my own model. I would use Osmo's updated rankings. And to your point, I wasn't pruning lineups. I wasn't looking at ownership or whatever. I just knew just by having that updated projection in there that I was going to be ahead of a large amount of the field and just fired it off quickly, knowing, like you said, that you already have an edge just by using the updated projections, especially in, uh, uh, on FanDuel because FanDuel doesn't have, unless they are changing again, late swap. So if if a guy gets ruled out with four or five minutes left in the NBA, what when is he playing and what site? So if we're on DK, there's late swap and he's a nine o'clock game. Well, you could probably get a, you could probably switch a lot of shares over to him um, with um, with uh, what's it called late swap optimizer on Fantasy Cruncher. I think most of them have that now. Um, so you might not want to go insane. One thing you might want to do, uh, is X out some of your value from the first games, the six o'clock lock. Let's just say this is normal NBA six and they normally lock at six central. Um, you might, you might not want, you might really want to get that quick crunch in to get rid of those locked in value guys that are no longer as good a place. Does that make sense? So like if you have like, you know, 30% of some fairly good value guy in the first game, but now you want to switch all that over to this new guy who's at nine o'clock, then you'll run, run the hectic crunch and get it in. And then, and then, and then fix it all after the, after the first game tips off. Um, but if you don't have a ton in that first game, it doesn't matter. Right. Cause you're just going to recrunch it all anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say it's helpful too, if, as opposed to even waiting until the last minute to do it, if you run it a couple times ahead of time, just so you have a familiar uh, familiarity with kind of your exposures and stuff, and you can really quickly tell, hey, this seems way off, or this actually seems right relative to whatever the new shift is. Right. That is that is an advantage people who 
pay you know super close attention to sports have is like they know exactly what their exposures are and how to adjust them quickly and so forth um we had a question here from bd Halla. assuming ownership and leaving salary on the table plays a big part in it but where when do you draw the line from a contrarian lineup to just a bad lineup yeah so that's the uh real trick uh the so like I, the it would be hard to you know do that without going without like giving away a lot of the way, you know, the way I do it. And then like having to show someone, you know, in person or like, you know, whatever over zoom or something. But like, we've talked about a few of the ways you could do it, which is comparing your total, like your, your highest lineup you're willing to enter when you're taking into account dupes and ownership to the bottom tier of lineups. I don't you know. It depends on how many you make, let's say you make 300 and then finding that gap. And this is kind of a recurring theme as well as what I talked about this last week is slate over slate. Like you want to kind of be doing the same thing slate over slate. So you can see when the outliers are. And also you could see like, Oh, a hundred points in this sport matters. The difference between a top and a bottom in another sport, it, it, it really, it might not. So like in league of legends, you could, you can give up 90 points probably from the top to the bottom, maybe even more. Um, but you know, in, I don't know, golf or something like that where the points are a lot closer you um the point projections are a lot closer you might not want to go that far so it's kind of really just going playing you know doing it enough and paying attention to that that little piece of your process of okay now that i've got a bunch of usable lineups i'm not scared of being too chalky or you know chopping five thousand ways now let me take a look at the the, the points projections yeah. And I like as kind of my anchor to figure out what's a, a slate's going to be. I like seeing what the optimal lineup is on Roto Grinders, what it is on Osimo, just to get a feel for, okay, this is going to be the lineup that a lot of people are using or a variation of this lineup. And you can look at that ownership percentage and the points projection and kind of have a baseline of like, all right, I now know uh, I'm going to want to move off of this in a few different directions um, to make sure I'm unique. And, what, and one last tip, I'll probably mention this again on another question too, is this lineup study on Fantasy uh, Cruncher, if you want to pay the money, is a good way to get another kind of eyeball test. And you just compare yourself to who you think is good at that sport. Look at theirs. Look at their own, like were you way off from them? And I'm not saying, um, like, let's say you had 80% LeBron James and Papa Gates had 10%. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about ownership and dupes. And that sort of thing, maybe player pool, and that, and then you, that could kind of adjust your manual process if you're not going to build something to kind of figure all this out for you. I did, were you just encouraging people to start digging around through your trash, looking at your lineups and uh, lineup rewind? Have at it. What <laughs> was it, Jake? Jake that uh, had wrote up the uh, your article, League of Legends lineups early on, I believe. He did, yeah. And then you sent the the hitman after him, and those articles stopped. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe Alex sent the hitman at him. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. Let's uh, let's see here. Um, there, uh, you skipped uh, two above B Hala, BD. Yeah. Sorry. If you if I miss one, what uh, team so off? Uh, is that shoe twenty or shoey twenty? Oh. Uh, sorry. It's uh, 
uh, two above the one you just did. So sorry, I'm, I'm missing it. Oh, Shuey. Oh, theory on yeah. ownership oh. setting exposures. That one. They're in. Yeah, ours are different order. Twitter puts them in different order, huh? Wow, that is weird. Um, theory on ownership and setting exposures. I do it by hand. Math across my pool of players feels like a better answer. Uh, thank you. That's a that's a pretty open ended question. Yeah. Um, you know, math always is a better answer, I would say, right? If as long as it's correct. But I would ask, you know, why are you setting exposure exposures anyways? Right? Like where's your math for that? Yeah. Um so I'd have to kind of see exactly what he's thinking and what he does. You don't have to set exposure maxes for sure. Um I mean, you're going to get like a more organic, you know, distribution of your players by just cranking up the randomness and uniques, depending on the sport, and letting it rip, you know, for 500 lineups or something and seeing where that those exposures go. Um, some people do use ownership percentages. And then let that let that rip. They just use they just pop the ownership into the exposure setting. You know, I think most of the optimizers have that option now. Um, You're saying they do that to just kind of make sure that they're at least baseline matching the field, right? Yeah. So like, I don't I don't necessarily love that unless you have some process afterwards, whether uh, uh, editing your lineups within your optimizer or taking them out and putting them into a spreadsheet and then manipulating them that way. But just setting exposures for the sake of setting exposures, I uh, I, it, I don't like that at all because it also caps. It can cap guys. You don't want to get capped. And if, especially if you're making your own projections somehow, you might miss out on some guy who you're going to want 20% of, but it's like projected to be 2% owned or something like that. And um, we, we kind of talked about this with RBX 88 last week because he, um, you know, he would use baseline projections, but then go in and make manual exposure uh, adjustments based on ownership percentages he was looking at. And also he just admitted by some gut feel things of plays that he liked. So, you know, obviously there's a thing in DFS where, yeah, people have guys they want to play. Like, it, of course you, you want to play your guys go for it, but it doesn't mean that the math backs that up. Like the projections and the ownership projections, those are the two math things we have to base off of. And any time we deviate from that, um, it can be under the name of game theory or our, our gut instincts. And I think our mileage will all vary with how far our gut instincts will get us with those things. Yeah, sure. And, and I'm, I'm not saying don't try that. Like gut, you know, if you, so let's see this week, like Bryson's probably gonna be the highest owned in PGA. And so like, you don't like Bryson and then, you know, set his exposure to zero. That's completely fine. Or like 1% or something, you know, have, have at it. But yeah, other than unless you have some sort of theory behind using exposures to increase your chance of winning that tournament, um, and like the, you know, there's a bunch of different ideas I've heard, and ownership's one of them where you just pop that in there. You probably need to pop it plus plus a couple points because it, it it'll it'll probably freeze up on you unless you're using RGs. Have you ever had? Have you ever just blanket removed a guy because you didn't like him? 
even yeah, if the I've, I've done it. Yeah, I've done yeah. it. I, I try not not to do it. Uh, I purpose I do not want to do that, but um, I can't think of the uh, one I've done that in, in a long time. I'm trying to think of someone. I don't. I don't know. Uh, Maybe like some of those instances where we've seen where if someone's like really prone to a scratch or something like that, where you're just like, I don't even want to deal with this potential headache because the upside is. I might've done that with like Louis Ustisen or Jason Day or something. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think it, yeah, it all just comes down to, um, you know, for a lot of people, and we talked about this with RBX that, you know, you, you want to sweat the guys you want to sweat you know, you want to put your imprint on your lineups. These are my guys. I made this decision. I'm going overweight and I'm ready to, you know, live with the consequences of that. And some people, you know, Brian, if you just want to let the math do it and just fully remove yourself, cause you know, your biases are going to get in the way that works too. Yeah. And, and the, that kind of answers the question is like, if you're going to handicap this, oh, you know, have at it. There's really no rhyme or reasons just based off of you, how you, how you, you watch the sport and last point on this, he says player, how the math crosses player pool. Keep in mind that if you put those exposures in there, your player pool is going to ramp up large, you know, it's going to, it's going to increase big time, you know, um, and just try it once, put the ownership in there and then watch your player pool go from 30 to 80. This question actually dovetails with that nicely about your player pool size. He says, burning question, uh, in three Mac, should I roster 18 individual players or use a three to four player core in each lineup? Yeah, we've, we've answered this one. Some, in one of these shows, um, if you, so this is about, um, I can't remember when, when we talked about it, but if you're, expected value is the exact same in the cross. The, so when he says 18 players, I'm assuming he's talking about golf. And then that would be six different players in each three lineups. Right. Mm. As opposed to using Webb Simpson in, in all three. And then, you know, something like that. And then Bryson in two, something like that. If your expectation is basically the same and what's our expectation, well, you're probably doing it by fantasy points. So however you make your fantasy point prediction uh, is exactly the same across all three. You can, you can, you can easily go three separate lineups and now you have complete, you have no correlation between the three lineups, which is, which is a good thing really. And the, the expected value is exactly the same, you know, given, give, you know, reasonable, you know, within a point or two. And yeah. it depends on the, it depends on the sport. Yeah. Right. Like in football, it can be a little bit more than that because you know, a touchdown completely changes the expectation, you know, the, the, the value of uh, the, the guy's point projection. But um, if it's within, if you have three lineups that are within whatever, three or four points, maybe a little more than that. And you want to put those three into a three max have at it. There's no, and it, and it honestly, it doesn't, it it doesn't the, your expectation doesn't change. I don't think, I don't think it matters. I'd have to think about that a little bit more, but I don't think it matters where if you have two web Simpson in a player pool of whatever, you know, uh, uh, of, uh, you know, a little bit of overlap, but let's say the point, the points expected are identical. I don't think that changes either way, but what it does mean is if web Simpson does make the cut, you're out. Um, but it means if Webb Simpson wins, you've got two cracks at it now. But it really, but really, it's just your point expectation. Um, 
I, I don't think, yeah, I, th- I think I would go with the three identical point projected lineups that were completely different. Okay. But I, I'd, I'd have to do a little more research to definitely say uh, that's the way to go. But that's my in- intuition. I'm pasting a question over here from Cody. It looks like it's not all. This is from YouTube chat. I'll try to read it all. He says, what variables are you using to determine expected dupes in MMA? And how many dupes are you realistically comfortable with in that current format? And I assume Cody's referencing uh, on Saturday night, first place was what, a 51-way chop there for, <laughs> for, yeah. uh, for the top. So how do you go about thinking about dupes? I had I had Hooker for a three way split for first too. Um, th- so that was a that was, and that was a good fight, man. It was such a good. That was the best fight I'd seen since the the Wei Li uh, yeah. Joanna fight. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, man, and and he had him in the second there, right when the bell rang. He had a knee and a uh, couple good kicks, and I was like, oh, so close. And then he just ran out of steam. But yeah, I think that was like 120k if he if he wins that fight for me. Um, Goodness. Uh, the question I will, I can't, I can't answer that because that's just too, that's, ex- that's my process of <laughs> the variables and figuring out how to do it. Um, can you pop it up again though? Maybe I can answer a little yeah. bit. Or how about the second part? How many dupes are you realistically comfortable with in oh. the current format? Yeah, I, I guess it depends on the slate that the same answer to whatever two questions ago, go look at how many dupes players you respect in that sport are doing, and that'll be a good baseline for you. But um, I would say if you're uh, like, obviously, I mean, he's, he's talking variables. So like, if he's going to make a model, try to get, try to get under at least 25. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was hard. And that, you know, and again, we see a lot of difference. What the, the slate last week, was it 11 fights or 10 even? Um, you know, when I know they've been aiming for 12 fights, it seems like, and sometimes even when one of those gets dropped off, you just see the dupe expectation go through the roof. Yeah, for sure. In the win, in that winning fight, um, that I didn't, I didn't have the winning lineup, obviously, because it was, it was, it was expected to have too many dupes for me. And it, yeah. and it did. And it had that 8% uh, fighter. Who was it? We were watching that off stream, Peter. What was that fight? The, the upset that we were watching. I uh, can't remember the fighters. I name. can't remember whoever John, was eight. Yeah, John can help us out in the chat. I'm sure. Who was a an eight percent upset guy who won? Arosa. Yeah. There, John got there it. There it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and and it was still it was still duped. Whatever, fifty times. Yeah, I mean, and I think the thing to th- that you also have. I mean, obviously, in a perfect world, we want the highest expected value lineup that's not duped. But we also realize when we're getting rid of dupes, we are lowering the expected value of our lineups because the high expected value lineups are the ones that are all owned, right? So we have to eat some some points projection value just trying to get unique, knowing that if we do win, we'll get the full share of the rewards. Yeah, right. Like it's not like you don't know that um, uh, uh, Diamond Dustin is projected to get more points than Hooker. Yeah. It's just that this combination will yield the most money over the long run, and it didn't happen. So it sucks, but, you know, hey, I'd like to tie 50 ways, but you only get 150 lineups unless you're you, married and, um, you know, you both work together. Unless uh, your mom has been to a few live finals, in which case. 
She's been to four life finals to see. Yeah, Is that just, right? I mean, they, they, there needs to be a movie about that. Um, Oh, what was I going to ask you about? Oh, have you rethought, um, you know, I feel like one of the interesting questions always is in MMA and we talked about it with RBX 88, people using two fighters from the same fight. I think everyone agrees in the three round fights that makes uh, basically no sense, but we, we saw uh, hooker uh, have another very good point showing relative to his salary. Are you going to start to consider stacking these title fights a little bit more now that we've seen it a few times? Um, I, 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 I'm not opposed. I, I really haven't been opposed to throwing it in the mix. And if it organically comes in there, it just hasn't yet. But, um, um, I don't know. Cause a lot of people do it anyways. Yeah, I know. So it's well, not even that. Right. If no one was doing it, then it would make a lot more sense, but it's pretty pop pretty. I think it's might be overly popular. Honestly. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Um, and you need, and then look at that. Look at that fight. That's a perfect example, right? It's the best fight uh, since the um, uh, the girls' fight, and uh, it, it still didn't get there. Yeah, went five yeah. rounds, boxing the entire time, takedowns, and it still didn't. It still didn't get there. You didn't ship it, but I did see like oh, some second and third place lineups and in some contests that had the the stack in it that did well. Okay, and that I'm I'm specifically generally just only talking about the biggest prize pool, most amount of player ones. Um, yeah, yeah. If, if you're playing, you know, a hundred man, whatever, two hundred man, that makes a lot more sense because you could definitely play them in cash games. Yeah, yep. Um, let's uh maybe hit one more question, then we'll we'll get to some PGA talk and and build a lineup here to wrap us up. Was there any of these other ones that were particularly interesting to you? Um, um let me yeah. share my screen again. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, some of these are. Let's see here. This is a good question, I think, from kind of like a philosophical standpoint. My uh, biggest problem right now is seeing trending players, you know, chalky guys, and not knowing how to properly diversify them out without just completely cutting them out. As a, you know, that thing of if you're manually adjusting your exposures and you're like, oh, Bryson DeChambeau is really popular this week do I just X him out or do I throttle down my exposure? I think that's kind of what he's hinting at. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this question up. Cause I was going to ask you that that's what you, I was going to say. That's what you think he means by trending. Cause you said two things there. You said chalky and trending like popular in the tout world or whatever. Those are kind of two different things. I, when he says I see seeing trending players in my pool, I think he means trending as in talked about a lot on shows and in articles. Yeah. Um, well, the first thing is compare, compare them to like players. You know, we, we, we say this every show basically. So if it's tough with Bryson, that was a, that's a tough example, but like, let's say there's somebody else who is got some comparables in there because Bryson's pretty expensive this week. Um, and he's on his own and he's pretty heavily favored and he's kind of in his own salary, uh, shelf, but like, take a look at comparable players who have very, very similar points projections, but different ownership percentages, take a look at the books and check out some head to head matches and see if you could find any differentials there where the DFS touts trending, whatever world is, is off from what you're seeing in the books. And that could kind of make your determination on, on where to go and, and, and how to fade. 
And, you know, there was another uh, question about leverage, which would be, you know, a super long episode, but we could hit that with this one too, is kind of like diversifying your players and leverage and fading guys. Um, It's tough to do when you're not – you, when you're not, you know, not building models and using, you know, and trying to figure it out, you know, from a math perspective, you're really kind of handicapping in a certain way. And people, like I said, people think that when they plug it into an optimizer and put randomness on there, that that's somehow building their exposures for them. And it, you know, it kind of, it kind of is, but you don't know where to make your decisions, which is kind of all these questions are all, all linked together leverage fading and distribution of players in your player pool so like if you're you're really just at this point handicapping if you're not going to use some sort of you know system um either in in your optimizer or export it and do it out of your optimizer um and what i would say is and listen this is let's just say rule of thumb not not 100 sure but if you're getting let's say i don't know 50 percent of the player's projected ownership. So let's say the guy's 20% owned, but you're getting me at like nine, you know, a little under 50% ownership. You could definitely just X him out and keep that. And then, and then, and then use that, those, those shares of your lineups on other guys to try to get a little leverage. That doesn't mean that in a perfect world, if DFS gods came down and said, these are the projections, it could totally be that that guy should be at 9%. It leverages in everything. Like it could just be, that's the best 150 lineups you could put into this GPP. It's entirely possible. But I would say since most people aren't going about it in like a mathematical way and they're handicapping anyways, to some extent, just lap off all those apple bottoms, lap off all those one percenters at the bottom, especially if your player pool is large. And if you're if you're really grossly underowned on a guy, just lap him off, and then keep recalculating that, and then it'll just it'll just the leverage on all your other guys, right? So you could just get rid of get rid of all the guys who you're not using, get rid of all the one percenters, look at where you're under leverage, get rid of them, and just keep keep doing that process, you know, four or five times, and then start looking at your player pool. Yeah, and I actually think. The and we can focus this on this slate that the kind of Bryson and Webb Simpson example from this week can kind of illustrate it in a bit of a, a micro fashion. In that, you know, you look at projections, they're pretty similarly projected. Bryson definitely projected for a little bit more. Um, Webb $700 cheaper on DraftKings, but he's going to come in at half the ownership. I mean, so to me, when I see DeChambeau up at 30, around 30% ownership. And you're telling me for 700 cheaper and not that much of a projection hit, I can get Webb Simpson, um, you know, and then I'm looking at my exposures and it basically has me as a full fade on um, Bryson. And I have, I'm way overweight on Webb Simpson. Did your exposure shake out that way? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going in between processes right now in my my old school process shaked out exactly like that. My new one's a little more even on those two, mm. but so I'm looking at ownership projection. So we're, we're going to go, uh, we're going to start talking about this tournament right now. Yeah. There yeah. was a, a couple more. Uh, Jake had an interesting question in there too, that we can maybe circle back to, but 
Yeah, let's let's transition over to golf since we only have 15 minutes and we do want to hit it. Jake, we'll save that one for uh for next week um so we can actually talk some of this slate. Okay. Um that's a good question, Jake, too. Maybe I should do uh You should do it, yeah. Um so ownership. So my ownership compared to other sources, let's just say awesome sources. No, um Compared to like the, the popular um, uh, DFS content providers, I'm higher on web, my, my ownership projection. I'm mm. trying to find it. Here we go. So I am at, yeah, I'm at, I'm at like in the 20, 20 range. Oh, wow. Yeah. And everyone else is a little lower than me, which means I'm probably wrong because I've been, I redid my ownership percentages. But um, your price. Uh, see, I'm, I'm, my Bryson's a little bit under everyone else. I'm at like 28%. Looks like everyone's a little higher than me. I didn't look at uh, Daily Roto. I don't know if you did. No, I just saw the RG and the Osimo ones. They're both around 30 for Bryson and around um, 14 or 15 for Webb. Drewby's our arch nemesis anyways, so you probably shouldn't look at those. Yeah, no, you can't do that. Um, yeah, so, but Bryson is a, is a heavy, so I got him at 14.4% chance to win the tournament. Mm-hmm. And like, for example, last week, I think Rory was like nine. Right. Right. So that's, a, you know, significant 150% increase or whatever. Um, so he's, he's gonna be, and he's what, like DFS darling, uh, darling. Yeah. They had his diet. Came out, you know, he's crushing like six protein shakes a day. Like everyone, and everyone has that thing, right? Where it just, the momentum feels like, okay, Bryson's going to win one of these. And you're starting to see that ownership. You don't have Rory. You don't have a lot of the big dogs. I mean, we, I think the Desham both exposures or uh, ownership could get really out of hand this week. Let me, let me, let me try this. Let, let's say if I bump up, uh, um, Bryce, not Bryson, Webb Simpson's ownership percentages. I just want to see if this, how much this changes. Uh, just FYI, Brian, your your uh, camera is a little blurry right now. Yeah, yours was blurry earlier too. I don't know what's going on with this, but mine blurry. Yeah, Never. Well, I don't know. I don't know how to fix it, man. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, like, if I if I bump up his ownership to what I have projected for it. It, it makes him almost unplayable. Yeah. So like, uh, owner ownership, and the more I mess around with PGA, like there, there's not a lot. There, there, the the projections are very close, mm. right? Like just a half a point between the difference between a lot of these guys. And I think that's I think that's the right way to do it too. Like, yeah, of course you're going to have some tournaments like this. This one, Bryson's going to be you know, whatever, seven or eight points favored over the next guy. But the they're so close um, that if you are adjusting for dupes and ownership and stuff like that, you know, be careful because, you know, they're so close that someone can get really get hammered uh, by however you're trying to adjust and you just get none of them or something, something like that. So you definitely got to pay attention to the small differences in, in this. It's like um, – it's it's like similar to like hockey or maybe MLB, or maybe even maybe even closer. I'd I'd have to like take a look at the numbers more deeply, but it's something to keep in mind. 
Yeah, so I get yeah, I guess how thinking about that as far as like, okay, Bryson's ownership's gonna be super high. Um, but it's kind of what you're saying is that there might be other spots where it's easy to still differentiate, but still have a good portion of him. Well, that and let's say you're wrong about Bryson's ownership. Like I think it's gonna be high. I think it's gonna be yeah. over there. But let's say you're wrong. Let's say it's twenty-four. That's a big difference when yeah. Uh, again, Bryson's a bad example this week because he's the clear favorite. But like when they're when they're when their odds to win are are closer, which a lot of these golfers are, when you're off six or seven or eight points on your ownership, it affects your golfers a lot more because their their projections are so close. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I, th- I think I think I got that across. Anyways. Well, let's uh. Let's build this lineup. Um, we'll we'll get our hive mind going. I think um, this is probably another good week to get aggressive with our our ownership threshold. Do you want to have a, a threshold goal for us? Um, I think some of the optimals I was looking at um, had somewhere around eighty percent um, combined ownership because Bryson really inflating that. I don't know if, if you saw similar. No, uh, let me actually, but I still have my crunch up. I could just see what the highest one was, but yeah. What do you want to go? What, what, what would you feel if that's right? Which is probably going to be, what, what do you want to hit? Well, for our Millie maker, I, I would say we'd want to be sub 50%. Okay. All right. That's going to be, that's going to be tight this week. That basically means no Bryson then, right? Right. Which is how I like it. I'm seeing a hundred percent ownership. Really? Yeah. So you want to maybe bring that up? Sure. We can bring it up. Um, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't getting anywhere close to that. Even just looking throughout, they were all kind of like in the 75 to 90 range. This is with my private ownership though. Okay. So, well, let's do that anyway, since we'll use my numbers and then, uh, so we'll just base it off a hundred and it'll, it'll work itself out. Okay. So then 70 then under 70. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I'll go first. Brooks Kepka. <laughs> Brooks Kepka. Um, yeah. So do you do you have a guy that you're um, you're getting a lot of that you would like to put in this lineup, or a guy you'd like to take a stand on? I do, but like I, my picks have been so horrible. <laughs> and, uh, I feel like I, I don't want to. I don't even want to. No, but this is the thing we talked about. Like we're we know we're going to take some whiffs. We've been building lots of last place lineups, but you know, that means one of these days it's going to be the first place lineup. First or last. That's right. Um, how, what, how do you feel about um, Hideki? Just My remember experience. I have zero biases about any of these players. So when you say, what do you feel about Hideki? I don't have like a Rolodex of memories. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm good with Hideki. He's you'll pick up some biases. I, I know you. You'll get you know me. Um, what is he? He's the fourth uh, most expensive guy. And what what ownership do you have him at? I have him at 17. 17? Okay. Mm-hmm. And based on ownership, um, mm-hmm. he might end up being probably our most uh, highest owned guy. Yeah, he'll he'll be up there, but we got we got 70. Yeah. Yep. And I yeah, that, that seems a that doesn't seem too bad. He is also not too far off of kind of the projections for those other top guys. Last week we went with, with Reed. Um, let's see here. So a guy that I'm getting a lot of um, up here in this kind of higher range, that seems like he's going to be one of the lower owned is uh, Ricky Fowler. Um, oh, how do you yeah. feel about Ricky? 
Yeah, no, I saw him earlier, and he was he was one of my fades. <laughs> he was. He was one of my complete fades. Okay, what about uh, what about Jason Day? Oh my God, I hate Jason Day. Um, oh, I know you, Mister. I don't have any biases coming out with the Jason Day. I have him. Let's see, five percent own and four percent own in both my two models here. Um, pretty nice, doesn't it? But uh, we have him at ten percent projected. Projected ownership. Really? Yeah. Both? Oh let's yeah. See. Hold on. Let's see what the uh, the other guys got. Yeah, I'm seeing like an average around nine percent ownership. He was he was the lowest in these like top twenty projected guys. Him and Bubba and Ricky Fowler were like the three lower owned or the highest projection. Yeah, yeah. I think nine. I think nine or ten is is perfectly fine. Um, reasonable expectation for his ownership. But whatever, he's probably going to win now. So let's do it. Thank you. There we go. I love it. I love it. Getting getting you on the Jason Day train. Um, all right, we we probably need to save a little bit of money here now. Seventy eight hundred uh, average left, and um, what do you got? Let's see here. We need to save some money, huh? Yeah. You know, Brian Harmon hurt a lot of people last. Was it last week or last two weeks or whatever? Um, let's see here. Seventy nine hundred. Let's do Tyler Duncan. Okay. I, I don't even my buddy earlier. So I think I got to stick with it. Yeah. What was the pitch you gave him? Uh, he was just asking for guys under 7,500. Look at that. Do you, um, is it true that people just need to slide into your DMS and you'll tell them the, the hot pick of the week? I've only known him my whole life. So <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Duncan, what, and what uh, ownership did you have him at? Uh, 0.719. Uh, okay. All right. That's going to save us. Save us. We're, here. we're at thirty-four percent right now. Oh man, we have, I got it up. We got fantasy sharp in the chat. Brendan Todd, lock it in. Do we do we crowdsource one of these picks? See, that is like the that's <laughs> that's like the ultimate uh, narrative like base thing because he he you know he's not very good and he and he was in first going into Sunday and then fell apart. So you kind of get both of both the best, best worlds, right? Like he's he's he had a pretty good week compared to how he's supposed to golf, right? Yeah. And he had a bad, so he's gonna he had a bad Sunday, so he should rebound this week, right? I think that's the logic for for Todd. Um, I mean, aren't we gonna be grossly under salary at that point? I can't see. Uh, what do we? We're got? at we're at, at average eight thousand right now. Do we care so. about what I have him or no? Like. Um, yeah, no, we care. So how much do I have? We're, we're willing to crowdsource, but only if it aligns with what we're trying to do. This is still... Unless it's um, Ian Poulter or Jason Day. You know what? I was so devastated. I ran my stuff. And is, is Poulter even in this field? No. I don't think he is. Yeah, I was I was crushed. I was ready for the fourth straight week of heavy Poulter. He's uh, all the old golfers are withdrawing for fear of COVID. <laughs> how, much, how, much, uh, how much does he cost? Uh, Todd is, um, 7,800. Okay. I see him. All right. I, I have, I have 7% of them, but I haven't projected at 10% owned. Okay. Let's, let's come back to him. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to toss out a couple other names of guys. I have a lot of, um, Kevin Kisner, Brian Stewart, 
Snedeker, Lucas Glover, any of those jump out for you? Taylor Gooch, the Gooch is on the loose. Well, uh, uh, Snedeker's going to be pretty high on 16% is what I got him projected at. Well, um, better X than my shit. And wow. Taylor Gooch, how much you got him? How, how much? Okay, I I have him pretty low owned. And I have a share or two of him. Yeah. Um, who was the other guy? Um, who else did I throw out? Um, Brian Stewart. All right, five percent projected. I have about five percent. So okay, all right. These aren't moving the needle. Where are you at on Lucas Glover this week? Lucas Glover, I, I was. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna fade him. I have him projected at nine percent. Well, it sounds like one of us is gonna have a good week this week. <laughs> I'm also fading Doc Redman right above him by a decent margin. Yeah, I don't have much Doc Redman at all. I mean, don't you want to play Gooch so you can just say the Gooch is on the loose all week? Let's do it. I mean, just, guys, this is what I want you to do. When you're watching this week, Tyler Gooch gets a – Taylor Gooch gets a birdie. I just want you to scream in your living room, the Gooch is on the loose. (laughs) I kind of like Luke List, but I don't think he's too cheap now at this point. We got 8,600, and can you get us a combined ownership tally so far? Well, after that, we're pretty low, 0.37, so 37%. Okay. We're doing good. We're doing good. Plenty Um, of left. So we're going to have to get, what, at least 8,000, or we can go low and we can go a stud and a scrub. Yeah, I mean, should we make her – if both of us – it sounds like you're going to be – or I don't want to speak for you, I forget. Are you going to be overweight on web? Uh, yeah, field. probably. Should we should we lock in Webb, and and then see what that leaves us with? Um, yeah, we probably can too. With with even with my own with like seventeen percent ownership, something like that. If we we go dumpster dive in here yeah. in the sixty two hundred range. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, yeah, we're at fifty four percent, so we got plenty of salary, uh, plenty of ownership to spare. Um, let's see here. How much? How much is it? You said sixty two hundred. Two hundred. And can you go to the top 6,200 guy? Oh, and then- yeah. Badly. I'm scrolling I think, here. I think I faded him. Okay. Um, um, Chad, we'll, we'll take – Badly, it does look like, is one of the higher – I'm looking yeah, at I don't, I don't have a lot of the guys. On. I got Wilkinson, uh, Chase Seifert. Yeah, he's he, he looks decent. Yeah, that's – I don't have many guys in there. Austin Cook. Oh my God, he stinks. Um, Gareth in the chat says this lineup is toilet emoji. <laughs> that is honestly, it's what your reaction should be. Brian and I are trying to solo ship a million dollars. You need to look at it and think it's trash. If you think this lineup looks incredible, it's going to be duped 50 times. <laughs> uh, okay, that, so that is my buddy in chat. I, now, now I'm getting all his references. Wait, See, that Gareth is your buddy? It's got it's gotta be. He's talking about like RBI baseball and shit we used to play when we were kids. <laughs> Actually, adults. That game's still awesome. I don't know if you ever play it. I haven't played it in a while, but it, it no, was a great fun. drinking game. Um, so who? What are we doing here? Uh, oh yeah, Seifert. <laughs> I'm down with Seifert. No, no salary left. Is is this lineup gonna be duped? No. <laughs> You lineup? Who would dupe this piece of shit? <laughs> oh my god, I love it, dude. If yeah. a lot, if a lineup does it, if 
you know, doesn't make you feel uncomfortable. It's not a good lineup. That's what I say, Brian. Yeah. Okay. That's well, our streak of being in the first or last is probably going to come true. All right. I'm purchasing it. Right. I'm putting it in for us. There we go. The Lulz lineup of the week. Guys, thank you for tuning in this week. Brian, are there uh, any final parting words for the Lulz listeners here? No, I have. Uh, okay, yeah. Don't do that lineup. Why would you? <laughs> why would you copy the lineup? Now we all we have to split the million. Uh, yeah, Eli says this lineup honestly looks much better than the past three ones you guys made. <laughs> uh, trying to win a million here. Jay says I'd rather watch paint dry, and yet you are here watching us paint a Mona Lisa of a DFS lineup. Jay, um, all right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. We are here every single Wednesday. We, uh, Brian and I need to huddle, but I think we might be doing another MMA live hang uh, for the big uh, 7-Eleven show uh, or on Fight Island next week. So stay tuned for that. We'll firm up the details and some guests, but that should be a fun time. Um, also, uh, yeah, keep, keep letting Brian know if you have any theory questions that you want us to get to. Um, we'll try to get a list of those together for future shows. If you guys want to listen back to this, uh, check out the podcast feed. Um, those are in the show notes. Uh, Brian will put them in there. And otherwise, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, thank you to KTOV for being the pharmaceutical stock that is going to save this country. And don't forget, the gooch is on the loose. <laughs>